Culture Podcast with Alaska, Curly Castro, and Zilla Rock. America, welcome back to your favorite podcast, Call Out Culture. I'm your host, Alaska. I'm here with my co-host, Zilla Rocca. Curly Castro is down in AAA ball right now, rehabbing, getting ready to come back up. Hell yeah. And uh, we're joined today by my dear friend, uh, and a, an amazing artist in his own right, and uh, another dad. It's the dad club tonight. Fuck you. Yeah. It's uh, the man that you may know as Yak Balls. Yak. What up, what up, what, what up? What is going on, my friend? Guy, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me on, man. This is a pleasure. It's been a long time coming. For sure, man. I mean, yeah. our culture, I, I said it, man. It's, it's definitely a part of my media diet. Nice. What's up? So, you know, it's, it's, if it's a long time coming, then here, here it is, man. Here we are. Here it is. Awesome. Yeah, man. So, so we brought you on because we're talking about, I guess he's, you could say he's an underground legend. Um, mm. You know, a legend in more ways than one because he's sort of like somebody that's vanished as we, as we were discussing earlier. So like, right. you know, it's like the legend of, I don't know, something where somebody just vanishes. You know, like you hear about like Bagger Vance, Amelia oh. <laughs> Earhart or some shit, right? She went, she went and did like the most amazing shit and then just vanished. Yeah. DB Cooper, bro. Boom. DB, yes, he's the DB there Cooper of rap. Wow. Um, so we're going to talk about Scaramanga. Scaramanga. Amazing Scaramanga Shala, also known as Sir Menelink, Cyclops 4000. Jabbar. So many names. Circumcised. Oh, Shuaka Circumcised. I forgot about that one. Yeah, what what a name. Hermes three times was another one, which is like an obscure (laughs) one. And another really really obscure one was the Latin alter ego is Juan Excelsior. Yes, Juan Excelsior. I remember him saying that on a lot of tracks. (laughs) It's a great What a genius. What what a man. Holy shit. So so I, I, you know, we're all big fans of big fans of Scara, and I, I reached out to like our listeners on social media to see, you know, kind of what the relationship is for our listeners with Scara Manga, and we ended up getting about forty-four people writing in, oh, wow. and of that group that responded, thirty-four percent say that he is a god, twenty-five mm. percent heard of him, okay, and then there is another forty-one percent that have no idea. Wow. Who or what Scara is. Hmm. So we have two purposes, I guess, in the, in this podcast today, gents. To edutain. One, to, <laughs> to edutain, to, to edutate, educate and sort of bring back the fond memories to those of us that think he's a god. Good. And then for the ones that heard of him or don't know what the hell he is or who the hell he is, to, to learn them, to get them caught up to speed and introduce them to an artist that they should know and that they would absolutely adore if they did yes. know. Read what, what, um, what was the percentage of, of the, of the God? 34%. Well, I'm so a third. You. Okay. Yeah. That's good listeners. That's some good listenership. Yeah. Okay, yeah it's real. pretty solid. How, what mean, other rap know. pods would get 33% being like, he is a God. I feel like yeah. it would be like 12, I mean, 8%. It's a, it's a somewhat educated group. I'd say. I totally agree. You know? And I'm sure, like, you know, you could flip that equation if we we're like, who's sugar free? It would oh, be yeah. like a different 34% that were like, he's a god. And then, 
be like the other ones would be like gum. I don't know. Well, I think I think what what Dan O uh, he found the weak spot on our show when he co-hosted the blind box episode. We, West Coast stuff we're not the best with. You know, we'll, we'll be the no. first to say it's not really our our uh, our wheelhouse. But um, yeah, sugar free. I feel like it would be a totally different demographic that would say thumbs up. But it's funny when when I was thinking about this episode, uh, I texted Brian Ennell, shouts to Brian. He's about to go on tour with Infinity Knives in March. And I was like, yo, like Brian's the type that knows like all like the like the G unit mixtapes and he'll know like Brian Eno and then he'll know like no like like Hellraiser. Like he knows all this random shit. I'm like, yo, you ever you ever fuck with Servetalik? He's like. I think I know that name, but I don't know. And I was like, oh, dude. So I was like, he's not on streaming. I said, yo, I'll send you all his music, but you got to play it only when you're like in Europe. Like, just wait till you're on Europe and tour and then play this shit. Because it's so wild and kind of all over the place, but in an ill way, it'll match you being on the road, like in playing Belgium or wherever the fuck you're going to be. So shout out to Brian. So you can just dive into and let play and just kind of like this. I just kind of love the the wonder of it all. Like it's just right. it's, man, because it's all it's open. such a rich tapestry. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, rich tapestry. so you know, there, there's a large group in our audience that doesn't really have any history with Scaramanga. So, and you know, we were talking about it earlier. If you try to do some searches or find him online, yep. he's really hard to find. You can't find his music on streaming services. Um, you know, you have to have some sort of hookup to connect with it. And mm-hmm. right. Um, so before we even really get into anything, um, you know, why don't why don't we try to define who this man is for the listeners and <laughs> why he's important to us and to hip hop in general? Mm. Uh, yeah, kick this off because you you were holding the twelves before we started. You 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 keep him with arms length. Yo, I mean, this dude to me, even at that time, like his run in like the early like the late nineties to the early aughts. Like he was making music at like a high level, you know, like for for all of us, you know, he was releasing music on, on indie labels, obviously raucous. And, you know, he was tapped into dudes like Godfather Don, obviously even his, even his debut, um, you know, was on, was on Dr. Octagon and that came out through DreamWorks. So, you know, effectively dude was kind of on a major label. He wasn't signed to a major label, but his, the first kind of, anything that he did i mean he may have done something earlier than that but i think that's when he hit most people's radar right um it was i mean it was a major label release and in fact one of the pillars of i think of underground rap you know like would you guys agree that that's canon dr octagon of course naturally so people heard his voice um i just think he was one of the best to ever do it um period like i put him right up there with dudes like doom Mm. um Fuck yeah. Honestly, I just think he was a great wordsmith. I uh, never fully got his props, the acclaim that he deserved. Um, and don't get me wrong, he got his props at the time. Right. Uh, you know, but really just, you know, overall, I just really feel like he's just criminally underrated. I think he's like um he's he to me kind of rings true of one of those people where the the mystery and the discovery and like the word of mouth nature of him like like when we had tajay on last week he talked about it i think it was only on our patreon page but he alluded to younger people now with the algorithms right like the way they're discovering music the thing that gets them excited is how potentially when we were younger 
finding samples for the first time mm-hmm. or stumbling across a sample in someone's record collection you're like oh shit like i'm up on something that most people really don't know what it is right and then so finding scaramanga back then even though like you said he was on dreamworks for the for the the feature and then being on raucous and even like jook's kind of adjacent stuff working with l it's like he was still to me like being a philly like jedi mind tricks was more known than he was here you know what i mean and then Anycom was more known you guys were more known but he had a presence but it was more like you in my lifetime it was you were more likely to meet someone that knew blueprint as a rapper than you were to meet someone that's like i love scaramanga you know what i mean it was like but if you said his name to a certain person a certain crowd like oh yeah okay yeah like sir Manalik, okay but yeah. he wasn't like automatic like he's like doom like everyone knows what that is right away and so I think it's like he kind of reminds me a little bit of like Count Base D, where it's like people know and respect it, but maybe don't go to that name right away when you think of like, whoa, this guy really has done some incredible shit. But I think like kind of go back to what I was saying about Tajay, it's like he's kind of the perfect person if he could get his music on streaming to like blow a lot of minds of like 26 year olds. You know what I mean? Like they would find this guy and be like nothing. I've never heard anything like this person. You know what I mean? He was a, he was a king of style, man. Like and to yeah. like to kind of to kind of just to you know to echo what you were saying, like you know the, the algorithm now kind of pumps like like homogenized music for popularity, you know, and and monetization. But this dude, he's a one of one, and so if he did come out right now, it feels like he could blow it out the water, and he could. I mean, you know, relatively, but he could have a career, in my opinion, easily. Yeah, easily. I, I mean, I, I think he, he could have a renaissance in the way that like Freestyle Fellowship is kind of having a renaissance right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they, they re-release some Freestyle Fellowship stuff. There's a lot of young kids that are really into Freestyle Fellowship um, that, you know, there was a window where people weren't really talking about them for a little bit. But now right. it's like there's they're, this they're amazing music they're that was new. way ahead of its time right. that people are catching up to now. And like young kids are like, oh, my God, this shit's amazing. Uh, I think he could have that same exact sort of renaissance where if, you know, he found the right people to re-release his music, yep. you know, it's, it's over. If, if he, if he put his shit out, right. And then someone like L put three tweets up about that shit, mm-hmm. 30,000 new fans for real, just scoping it on the strength of love and L because L have an up company flow now and like fan damn and all that shit. He's got revitalized with himself. Of course, people are going to trust him that are like 29 year olds that just never heard of Scaramanga, but have been loving run the jewels for eight, nine years, whatever it is. I mean, they're going to latch right on to this, especially if he's like, yo, and I did night work or what, what, what's the song he did? Um, night work. Yeah, he did night work. And then there was another one he did right on. Yeah, um, um, yes. On uh, what's it called? On Cyclops 4000. Where is it? It's uh, yeah. Game time. Game time. Game time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit is crazy. Yeah, that shit is dope. Who's the new rap alternate? Raw exhausted, off the darker stalk, a brief apocalypse. See, the aquifers, high price, ice in every crust and crevice. Puff said it is rock fat necklaces. He fly down pieces I play with your averages. Speculate with 20 weight as the weight. 36, 24, 38. On the line, man, diesel fox, Pollyanna from Guyana, Slick World. Crown Panama fade, banana clip grip, brown banana trade, backwards goods. 
I'm intelligent with the pelican Lock the block down, pound spots, rock I tip hop, top not rock Plus the whole knot Ice rock, shine prop Sign some autographs yeah, I mean, I, I think he's, to me, he's like, he was like the aspirational figure for, I think, a lot of us, right? Like, he was killing, like, underground styles, like, just like, like you were saying, a style king. But then he was also able to, like, sort of be on Soundbombing. Mm. Was, was he on Soundbombing? Doing a yeah. song with, I that's the first time I ever heard of him that. with Soundbombing. He did shit with, like, Brand Nubian. Yeah, 7XL. You know what I mean? Like, 7XL. Yeah, 7XL, yeah. So he was like he was reaching into those like heroes that we had growing mm, up yeah. and they were like this guy, you know, we got connected with him. So to me, I always saw him as like the possibility of what can happen. Mm. Um, you know, when I was younger anyway, I was like, okay, if you get dope enough, <laughs> you could do the craziest shit and people are going to respect you. Absolutely. I mean, he was on, he was on stretching Bob before. Yeah. Before I was on stretching Bob or, you know, before I even, you know, got introduced to Bob, you know, when I was like, just kind of just listening. In. I was always listening in as a fan, but, you know, pre me rapping, mm. like, like, or me just thinking about rapping, maybe this was the earliest. Um, but yeah, I heard him on Stretch and Bob probably for the first, that was like when I really became aware of him, you know, like I knew, I, I guess I, I heard him on, um, on Dr. Octagon, but when he was up on Stretch and Bob, shit was probably in like i want to say 96 97 right um and i, I actually remember bob kept calling him sir menalink <laughs> <laughs> um and he was you know he was doing he was doing the sir menalink cyclops 4000 like you know the super like notebook raps like complex scientific shit you know and and at that time like even like he had he had you think you're smart so intelligent mm -hmm. and and like you know Alaska like Adams and all that shit was like flexing how smart you were that was like the superpower it was like yo I'm mm -hmm. I'm mad intelligent I'm a better rapper than I'll shit on all you guys you know and and that was kind of like that shit blew my mind but in that same um episode he's telling Bob like yo I got mad styles Bob I got I got mad styles and Bob, I'm like yo that shit and then and then he does like eight bars of Scaramanga maybe less mm. and it's like, yo this you just transformed into like camp low meets ray kwan or something yes yeah that's so yeah. ray other shit but like you didn't have it all the way down but that and then that was it you know that was, and then and then you got the 12 inches but that was kind of like my first sort of like damn this dude is different damn yeah. i i found the the kcr freestyle and the first thing I said, yeah, what's up, Sir Menelink? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna put I'm gonna drop this in the show. This shit is crazy. He's like, Yeah, I got my style, I got the Scaramanga, I got Cyclops 4000. Rat top cap, fat jack, flip inserto, word murder, third alphabet, wet vest. Over my shirt, dirt pow wow, get cash and death. That's like a Phoenician. Fuck a purple heart, remarkable smarts. Fuck a fresh thought. Yeah, you know. A lot of styles, you know, in a quick infinite second, I change again into my own self. And you watch me, I have many styles, many of them in a quick infinite second. I will transform Cyclops 4000, Dr. Octagon, coming near you on DreamWorks Kevin soon. Be sure I got the tape somewhere. Um, but 
I got another tape. I got another tape from the Night Train show. I was on that show that night. I know. I met him that night. I was like, oh, shit. I was going to ask you because check this out. Right there. And it says on it, 113.98. And I used to, yo, I was was straight like anal about this shit, about labeling and shit. All my stretch and bob and Night Train was like, you know, family because it's Vaz, TCK, and DJ. (laughs) Um, and it says Adam's family, Sir Menelik label. So I knew you. Yeah, were wow. I remember you killing it up there too, Alaska. Yo, this was up. Oh, shit. oh wow, man. That's crazy. Artifacts. That was, that was a wild night, man. I, I mean, I don't remember any of the rhyming, but I, I just, I still always remember meeting him, but you met him and man. like, yeah, just like how nice and humble he was. And I never encountered him again after that as small as that scene was. Wow. I never saw him again or encountered him again after that. That was like. It's like Bigfoot, like seeing Bigfoot. <laughs> what 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 part of New York is was he from or repping? He was from, uh, I think he was from the Bronx, maybe. I was reading about, hold on, let me see. He, uh, yeah, he was from Lennox Hill, um, and he was mutual friends with Buster Rhymes. Sure. Who introduced him to Keith. Okay. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Buster Rhymes. <laughs> Yeah, holy shit yeah i didn't even know that like yeah, that's, it's, it's, yo. i found that's like the only page that I found any information on him how ill is busted to be like i know the perfect man for you come <laughs> with me let's take a ride you know <laughs> and he was right that's the perfect person and cool did. keith like you guys will get this you will understand this life together oh my god holy shit i remember like see i didn't so when I heard him for the first time, I think it was on Soundbomb and One, and because you know, and that and that album is like blended together with with the beat miners, and I forget what they blended into, and I was like, what from something into Nightworks, and I just remember hearing that boom, 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 what like that, and I was like very discombobulated. I was like, what what is going on? And I saw like, oh, LP company flow. Oh, okay. I'm like, who's this dude? Sir Menelik. I'm like, okay. And then it's it was like a it was like a torrential rainstorm, like hearing this guy with all of these things happening, you know, on the same album that has like, you know, like like um 2000 seasons is on there, and then like uh like R8 of Rugged Man and Adolf. Like it it it's such a singular song. Cause even having I, I think fire in which you burn on there too, but Nothing's like Nightworks on there. You know what I mean? It's like very weird. And that's when I heard it. I was like, holy shit. Chilling willingly, building with gospel till the scabra mega fire. I'm poor spider. Park those Snyder and Kings. Buy a rings. Hiring and weakling. Seeking, peeking, information leaking. Contact, contract. Black market GP30s. Imported in New Jersey. Works for 3Gs. Expert overseas. Dropping down on murder. More shells in your back than turtles. Pack gas was unheard of. Chest wound, sons confined to a girdle. And I, I wasn't know if I, I wasn't sure if I liked it or hated it yet. I was like, mm. but then the more I would see him pop up and know I'm like, oh, okay. It started like piecing things together. But I, the only album I ever saw of his later on was that Scaramanga Seven Eyes Seven Horns joint. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but I remember like looking. I'm like, oh, did L do any of these joints? Right. And I didn't see his. And I was like, ah, you know, I don't know if I could go there with you yet. Cause I wasn't like cool Keith out. Like I wasn't there. It took me a long time to get into the Keith lane. 
Um, but so then when I caught him like way later with the, when I, I, I think I downloaded the Scaramanga album in like 2008 when everyone was just, mm. you know, posting, you would find websites that would just have full albums, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. All the shit you miss, you could just get everything. So I was going through like burning mad CDRs and like, oh shit, I never got like the OC album, Star Child. I'm gonna get that joint. I'm gonna get those. And so I grabbed the Scaramanga joint and I was like, oh, I never, I never checked Menelik. I never checked this joint. And I remember playing it and I was like, this sounds like a woo affiliate album. Like people would love like the good ones. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he's talking like gold chains and, and guests and rugby's, but like God body shit. But then like doing stick ups and all. And I was like, oh, my God. Like I was like, we said Scaramanga Shalom. Like, why didn't woo? Why didn't anyone in woo like snatch this dude up? I remember thinking that the whole time, like this dude is fire. And then that was it. I was like, oh. And then, and then again, like you guys said, because he's not in the vernacular, I think it's and now it's a fascinating time to think. I hope he checks this. I, I don't know if it could happen, but I want this man to have the confidence to be like, everything is caught up for me now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this could work. We really can make this shit work. And, and everyone who loves him from that point has some has a, a clout or a following to a certain extent to to have people trust him. Like, oh, I'll give this guy a shot because we said like, like L says he's dope on twitter instagram or some shit i don't know he's got to be in the conversation man i mean we're having the mm-hmm. conversation right now but you know in the larger conversation um you know mm-hmm. he made a real contribution like he has a real footprint um yeah and i agree man like it was on that woo. i love woo obviously and mm-hmm. you know like that's that the to me the through line is there like he was he was kicking that like drug <sighs> overlord like cocaine like shit was just you're a cocaine like like that's how it sounded like that i I always saw him sort of like in in line with like the sort of queens rappers too like in that style like i could see like Like i could just as easily see like nor dropping a um iced out medallions hook on a scaramanga song yes yes that's you know like or working with tragedy Gaddafi and like just it it all fit perfectly yeah. Like, like the fact he wasn't on like the Think Differently Woo compilation from like the yeah. early 2000s. He was. He was on, was that, he on shit. that one. I'm he totally a, losing my mind. He has like a verse on. Actually, that's the only thing that's on streaming. Like when you go look. Oh. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Thing that's shit, on. Like, I'm wild. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like it should have been more than that. It should have <sighs> been way more than just than just that, you know, like some like Woo offshoot. That's what I'm saying. Like uh, all of those things, it's just I feel like I don't know what. However, it was with what is the 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 business or the game change or whatever. It's just like everything is just like he checked off all those boxes. And maybe a person like that, it's like I I did what I wanted to do. I don't need to do anymore. I'm out. You know what I mean? Like did it all. I mean, if you look at his career, it's like six years, seven years of like releases, and then gone. Right. Like really, like after I mean, Seven Eyes, Seven Horns is like the the magnum opus. That's like the most yeah. realized. That's like the album. But he had some shit afterwards when I saw on YouTube. But it just didn't didn't. It, I was it lost me. He lost me. You know, yeah. I don't even think he he was, you know, he he was fully in it. Um, mm. he was. But but again, to be fair, the music industry kind of imploded. Right. Uh, at it that did, time. Yeah. It was like scorched earth for a lot of guys like that. Damn. You know. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, you know, 
We talked about it earlier, how like our whole scene just sort of evaporated overnight. Absolutely, man. That's and you know, a lot of guys like that just kind of caught the shit end of the stick and yeah. come back from it. All right. Well, how about this? Like, uh, if yo, you do an image search, there's like four pictures of him. <laughs> if that what is, I, I, I can't even picture him. Like, I don't know. And to me, that's kind of core. The fact that I really have no idea what he looks like. Well, I was just looking at, like, before we did this episode, I was kind of going through, like, all the ephemera and shit. If you look at this Scaramanga um, Seven Eyes, Seven Horns joint, like, there's mm-hmm. pictures, sort of, not really pictures on the outside. There's, like, a picture of him that you can't really see on the outside. But on the inside, liner notes, there are pictures of him. And, in fact, uh, Ricky Powell took the pictures. Which I, oh, wow. Um, so that was, like, kind of a discovery for me. Is like, like kind of, you know, the shit looks kind of fire. It looks like it could come out right now. Like, mm. you know, like the, this artwork yeah. shit. Um, so, yeah. yeah Alaska, I, I like, um, what's up? No, go so ahead. You, you, want, like, you want to take our first break now? Yeah, let's take like, a break. Yeah, yeah let's do that. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to this one. I'm, I'll, I'll probably drop in a lot more audio. Yeah, because I, I it, it's a good time for our our listeners and our fans to peep this shit, or if they haven't listened in a long ass time because he's now on streaming, fuck it, we're gonna take him there with this. Go yeah, I mean, cool. I almost feel like we should just put together a mix somehow that they can download. I don't know if we probably get in trouble for that, but um, uh, yeah, you know. well, yeah. You, I mean, you sent like me YouTube some illegal playlist. shit. We could do like a YouTube playlist or something. Yeah, we could do that. That's a good idea. Yeah. You want to hook that up? That'd be dope. I'll include it. Yeah, because people need to hear that shit. Bang. All right, cool. Uh, Core Culture here with Yak Balls talking Sermenalink, Sermenalink, Cyclops 4000, <laughs> Scaramanga, live on Call Out Culture Podcast. We'll be back. Don't forget Clavis the Fourth or Clavius the Fourth. <laughs> <laughs> we need to bring back like the extensive ridiculous aka's that's just that's just it's the way it's an important it. element of rap man it's so it good and like all the the um the later era ice cube i've been listening to in the last week when he transitioned to like don mega yay yay Ooh. like he just calls himself the don mega all the time it's like kind of funny to be like no one called you that shit <laughs> no no, one. Get, it's one of those you gave yourself a nickname type they call me the don mega Got a existence didn't really work out like no no one's like oh look there goes the don mega (laughs) you mean ice cube no the don mega motherfucker donald mega (laughs) donald mega (laughs) donovan mega yeah (laughs) the black panther party 10 point program written october 15th 1966 We want freedom. We want power to determine the destiny of our black community. We believe that black people will not be free until we are able to determine our destiny. Two, we want full employment for our people. We believe that the federal government is responsible and obligated to give every man employment and a guaranteed income. Three, we want an end to the robbery by the capitalists of our black community. We believe that this racist government has robbed us and now we are demanding the overdue debt of 40 acres and two mules. Four, we want decent housing fit for the shelter of human beings. We believe that if the white landlords will not give decent housing to our black community, then the housing and the land should be made into cooperatives so that our community with government aid can build and make decent housing for its people. Five, we want education for our people that exposes the true nature of this decadent American society. We want education that teaches us our true history and our role in the present day society. Six, we want all black men to be exempt from military service. We believe that black people should not be forced to fight in military service to defend 
a racist government that does not protect us. Seven, we want an immediate end to police brutality and the murder of black people. We believe we can end police brutality in our black community by organizing black self-defense groups that are dedicated to defending our black community from racist police oppression and brutality. Eight, we want freedom for all black men held in federal, state, county, and city prisons and jails. We believe that all black people should be released into many jails and prisons because they have not received a fair and impartial trial. Nine, we want all black people when brought to trial to be tried in court by a jury of their peer group or people from their black communities as defined by the Constitution of the United States. We believe that the court should follow the United States Constitution so that black people will receive fair trials. Ten, we want land, bread, housing, education, clothing, justice, and peace. When, in the course of the human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which are connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them, a decent respect of the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to this separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All, all men are created equal, that are endowed by the creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Little Robert Hutton, Curly Castro, out on Backwood Studios. Get it now. Welcome back to Call Out Culture. Um, this is the Scaramanga Shala Fest. Yes. Um, we're going to dive back in. We, we've talked about this a little bit, about how he had so many identities and so many different personas. Right. Um, and, you know, do you, do you guys think that this was something that hurt him or helped him along in his right. career? Like, how do, you, so, how do you think that hmm. impacted his career? So this is the thought I had today, right? Because I've, I've played seven eyes, seven horns more than anything else from him, right? But when mm -hmm. I was playing Cyclops 4000 today, it has very distinct, like, suites of styles and sounds, right? Mm -hmm. So we touched on before, like, he has some songs with L, like Game Time, Nightwork, which are crazy. Then he has, like, the very specific Cool Keith sounding shit like Bionic Oldsmobile, right? Like Cyclops 4000, like Terminator He's criticism. Like. Yes, like all of these sound like Dr. Octagon adjacent slash Cool Keith, like in-house Cool Keith shit to me. Mm -hmm. So you have that. Then you have the LP shit, which to me kind of sounds like indelible more so than CoFlow. And then in the middle of that stuff, you have like Automator remix for So Intelligent, which is man cool. But then you have like let's build for a sec with DJ Spinner. Hmm. And that's more of a kind of like a middle of the road, like standard indie rap beat, which is pretty fucking cool. The song's straightforward and cool. And so it's 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 a really dope experience. It it's almost sequenced like a playlist of like here's it's almost like here's 10 years worth of music from all these albums that all have like here's the cool Keith album, the LP Def Jooks kind of album. The middle of the road, like DJ Spinna, real hip hop heads album, the weird like Euro album with, with drum and bass and synthesizers, you know what I mean? But it's it's not from all that. It's like one thing where all these songs were collected. And so when you play it now, it's a fascinating experience to go from, you know, drum and bass to like Spinna within, a, you know, three songs. But I think it's like. I've said this before about other artists. It kind of put him on an island to me at the time because you couldn't just say, oh, he's down with the weathermen who have a certain vibe like this, or he's down with 
weightless who kind of have this aesthetic or like i said about like jedi mind tricks in philly like, like jedi mind tricks had like this spooky eerie operatic sounds which became like army of the pharaohs he had all these different like i said drum and bass next to l next to spinna but like spinna had his own world with like jig masters and all that shit you know what i mean and l had everybody we know l had so i feel like master of none you know what i mean he kind of like could pass through and style out everywhere but i feel like to a regular like even doom like doom has like the doom vibe i think mm-hmm. menelik has so many of them but none of them were like harnessed for like here's the cool keith album done here's the spinna type of album done here's the l type of shit indelibles done i feel like he made like an ipod album before that shit came out you know like yeah so i think now it would make sense to go through this journey with all these vibes but i think at the time it's tricky because you said before about him working with like you know brand nubian oh shit like this guy can work with brand nubian like that shit works oh he can work with l he can work with all these other guys but i think it's like i mean you guys were in the industry like what what was that was that ever a consideration people to be like you need to be in this space so we can break you i don't think it was really even something people were thinking about at that time i I don't know at least from my perspective when we were doing that at that time we were just like let's just make our weirdo rap shit but but i think one of the things with him is like so when you think of people having different identities like if you look at the way like everybody in wu-tang has like nine different identities they're still rapping as the same identity all the way through, right? right. Yes. Like, you like know, Johnny you Blaze like, is hot nickel. Johnny Blaze is, is Mexican. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. nothing yeah. different. Whereas Menelink is actually different styles. Like, right. it's almost like he's almost like Rommel Z, right? Like, you know mm-hmm. how Rommel Z has like all the personalities based on the mask that he's wearing. And like, you know, that, that mask and that sort of person comes from this world and has this special power. Like, I think he's similar in that vibe. Like, as a lyricist, he's, these identities are part of his personality and he allows them to grow and blossom. Where other rappers don't do that. It's like, I I just got a cool other nickname that I'm going to use because it rhymes cool with some other shit. Mm. Um, And I think that because nobody had ever really done that before, nobody knew what to do with it. Right. Right. It was like this weird, like, schizophrenic album for lack of a better term, but it's like, there's no sort of safe space where you're like sort of honing in on what he is. Right. You're just getting like all this different shit. And I think in, in some ways that probably hurt him with a, a larger audience. I think we're right. like dudes like Yak and I and you, it's like, that's what made us fall in love with him. Right. Like that's what made me fall in love with him. All the different the, shit. The that fearlessness, right. Just to be fearless <sighs> and do that shit. But I'm wondering like, like, yeah, what would if you presented an album like that in two i don't know 2002 or three whatever with all these different things like what what's the put would you get pushback you know what i mean like for someone to be like no 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 no. you gotta like stick to one of these for now and then we'll get to that other shit yeah i mean because i mean you know i i think alaska's just said it it's like yo what like what do we what do we do with this guy like right. from a mm-hmm. perspective, you know, as somebody that works in the industry, like I think that's what Raucus was probably on. They were focusing on guys that, you know, had a had a lane, you know, Black Star, yeah. Pharaoh, and this guy, you know, he didn't necessarily have one. And I think they were maybe trying to make one for him, but he really um, you know, like Sir Menelik, 
Cyclops 4000, that that's like the center of the universe for him. He's like, that's like the sun mm. and everything else kind of branches off from that. Right. Like Scaramanga was was not Cyclops 4000. That was like something else. Mm. But me, to, just to me, you know, as I, as I started rapping and like, you know, just like paying attention to song structure and bars and like that was the thing that was that would appeal to a larger audience in my opinion, was was the thing that landed, not the obscure sort of Cyclops 4000 scientific shit. And I think at that time it was kind of phasing out outside of Jooks, like on that scale, like on the mm -hmm. rocket scale. I don't think that they knew what to do with a guy like that. You right. know, like almost better served being Scaramanga on mm -hmm. rock. Um, and I think that's kind of where like the misstep might have been for him you know he had right. so many styles he didn't know which one to run with and then finally because Scaramanga really was the seven i seven horns was like like almost like the almost the last thing you heard from him like i said he came out yeah. with stuff and then that was it but um it just and it wasn't on raucous mm. you know and we and we saw like i don't know if you guys watched the kanye documentary but obviously raucous, oh, yes Rock, raucous was a viable option for a lot of dudes at the time it was a launch yeah. pad and and they had him on the compilations the compilations mm -hmm. you know their their whole purpose is to set off somebody's career like maybe we could break a guy off off of this shit off of this right. sound bomb shit. and they kind of did with pharaoh you know like whatever like he, you know he had a career mm -hmm. after that like as as a larger artist they scaled right him. right um, but they again like with 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 scaramanga it just felt like the thing that that would have commercial appeal that they potentially could scale they didn't have it mm. never they never got it they got the other guy and that might have hurt him they that might have hurt him you know ultimately yeah because i'm thinking if you're if you're raucous in 1999 and like you said you you've had Menelik on some 12s you have them on 7XL on, and Sound Bombing too at that time is like the biggest thing they probably had. Sure. You know what I mean? Before Simon says and all that shit hit. But it's like, you, if I'm them, would you lean into him working with L? Would you lean into have, you know, working with High Tech or Sean J. Period? Like the spin of stuff. I, I think, I think L. I mean, I'm, maybe I'm biased, but to me, the L. You know the the night work and space Cadillac twelve inch to me it sounds like the most cohesive. And then obviously game time came. Um, the, the, like sonically, it just sounds the most cohesive. Like if mm. there was a way to kind of um, sort of bridge the gap uh, with sort of this other movement that was happening. It's like because because like he was the real backpack rap. Like we like <laughs> yeah. the word backpack rap gets thrown around now. Like it's Kanye and like <laughs> Def or J Cole. But Jake like, Cole's backpack Jake rap. Cole, exactly. But Strauss <laughs> really coined backpack rap to kind of separate what Bob was playing from what from the thug shit that Stretch liked. Mm. Yeah. That was like that was kind of the continental divide. So, you know, I mean, I think that like if there was a sound, it'd have to be it'd have to be L sound. Because yeah. it sounded it had the most continuity to it. So so why wasn't he ever on Jooks? That's a great question, man. He had his own label by that time, I think. I think, you know, he had some large records. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you also have to, I, and I don't, I don't know him, so I'm not trying to say that this is the case with him. But 
yeah, I mean, you know this, like there's a lot of dudes from that scene that were just like unworkable. Like you couldn't yeah. really work with them, mm-hmm. right? Like they had their own thing and their own way of doing things. And it was like, you just kind of had to let them do their thing and hope it worked out. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. You um, know, so he, it could have been one of those things, right? Like he had all the opportunities set up and nothing really happened with it. So, you know, it, it could be a matter of that type of personality, not really being able to, to get that all going. Um, but I, I, I'm thinking like when we talk about like the different personalities, I think in some ways it might've really hurt him because there wasn't a cohesive audience for him either. Right. Right. Like, he had there were certain people that only wanted to hear mentally and like he dropped the seven seven horns record and they're like, what the fuck is this some thug shit i don't want to listen to this right um you know and then vice versa there was like the the dudes that like that they were like i don't want to hear that nerd shit um so you know i i think there there was those dueling audiences that he had to contend with as well um unfortunately and you know and when you have distance from that people hopefully can see that like oh there's like there's a whole person there expressing all the different facets of their personality mm. and to try to like pigeonhole them into one thing is really one of the problems with the way like the industry was set up then. Like at least now it's like an artist can take control of that and be right. what they want to be. And they're allowed to, to test out all these different sides of themselves. So let me ask you this then what about like going to Keith mode where Keith would have like the Matthew album and like, analog brothers album and then like you know the masters of illusion like all those albums set up different personas and characters and different collaborators and art you know i mean like i don't know the the business behind keith where how many of those how many labels there are putting out all of these you know kind of like how doom had it with king ghidra and victor vaughn all that but like would he have been better served taking here's this the sir menelik one style album call it this boom here's like the juxy l type of record over here you know what i mean like feed all those personas out because like i think yeah i think you nailed it about rock as being like what do we you know i mean he can do a lot but what but where do we put this shit like goddamn, like you know like the pharaoh album was crazy because they really just had pharaoh they were like what if we just put you with like every hot person this year you know, like with Busta and like MOP and all that and and, and most. But Sir Menelik, I feel like maybe if, is that a viable thing if he did like the Keith route where you get like 10 albums, but it's 10 set like spank master joint, you know, like remember Keith would do all them shits like, yep. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? I don't know. <laughs> sex style. Yes. Like yeah. sex style. But like, I think he was, he might've been trying to do that, just working with all the different producers. And that was kind of like a thing, like, you know, if you were rapping at the time, you would just kind of get in where you fit in, mm. you know, like, you know, I, I would even do that, you know, like I, I'll put shit out on Jux, but then also I was fucking with EC. I was kind of going wherever the home team yeah. was, you know, mm. and he had Godfather Donna, he had cool Keith, he was tapped into DJ Spinner, and he was, you know, I just feel like he was kind of like a rover in that sense, trying to trying to figure out, like, find his way and just get mm-hmm. this music out and just get these raps out. I mean, he was exploding with fucking, with rap. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and I don't know if, you know, maybe to Alaska's point, he, he couldn't kind of, like, wrangle a cohesive body of work, but he was working. You know, yeah, he, was. he was kind of prolific in that in that kind of six years, four to six years that he from 98 to like whatever. 
or 96 yeah. to 2002. I think Seven Eyes yeah. came out. What year did that come out? Like 2000? Seven Eyes. It says I think it was on this cog, yeah. on this cogs, it says 98. Yeah, but, I actually think. But I don't know. Right yeah, but I don't know like if if that was everywhere in 98. Uh, it might have been like the first initial like pressings, the vinyl pressings. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think. It's, it's funny because you bring up Keith because I was thinking Keith as well. But I, I do think Keith, Keith was a known entity at that point. True. Right? True. Like he had, he had 10 years plus true. of history in the industry. Um, he had hits, mm. right? He had all the shit with Ultramagnetic. He had fucking Papa Large was a hit. He <sighs> had Dr. Octagon, which was a hit. Right. So when you've already established yourself to the point where you could bring in money for labels, they're going to give you a little more leeway to do what you want to do. Especially at that time. Like, you know, if you think about how difficult it was to make stuff and get stuff out and how expensive it was to make stuff and get stuff out. True. The idea of giving, you know, an unknown, an unknown quantity, that type of, of freedom Right. Especially for like indie labels. Like when you when you've dealt with indie labels, you know, like the stars have a lot of a lot of leeway because they fund everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I think when you look at like jokes like, you know, Ace L, um, like those guys funded the rest of us, like because of those guys, the rest of us were able to put out music. Um, you know, same RJ thing, and Lyft, like, with Beyonce, you know, he's, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Funds. It's any record label. So I think. Right. You know, it's a matter of position as well. He was a new artist, technically. Mm, and like, good point. good point. It was round two. Thinking, what's that? Round two for Keith at, at fame. At, as yeah. Right, you know, right. Yeah. And he delivered every time. So, so, so I will hear. So, I, but I like that. Yeah. I want to ask you then what you're saying. Like, and I, and I did this too, like on a very fucking minute scale compared to you guys. But like the, that's just trying to get your shit out and hit whatever mediums you could get and whatever venues to be seen and heard and link up with people. Uh, when so you you as an artist when you were making your runs like Eastern Conference or Jokes right mm-hmm. and like Weatherman stuff when you caught when you caught Sir Menelik with all of this whole bevy of style like this big buffet of shit. Were you like, oh shit, that means that's a viable means? Or you're like, oh shit, I'm just like, I'm just amazed at all this fucking stuff. Like, did it tap into you as an artist or as a fan to be like, oh, you can, like you were saying, hit all of these people in all of these spots versus like, I can only do <laughs> if if L doesn't answer the phone, I just like I can't record for four months. You know what I mean? Like some people I'm just like it's to me, it's kind of like a Wu Tang way, where like if RZA's not working on you, you don't you don't rap that year. You know what I mean? Versus like running around town and linking with cats. I think I think for me, I was always just making music. Like I was recording with my dude Mondi all the time. You know, like I would I would go, I would record with Camus. Um, you know, I was just making music. So then by the time like I would play it for for cats like L or or my. They'd be like, yo, what are you doing with this shit? Mm. And I'd be like, what do you want to do? <laughs> you know, like, let's let's talk. Um, 
you know, and that was kind of how it was. And when I put out my first album on Eastern Conference, it was, you know, it was kind of like just a handshake deal. It was like, yo, okay, we're going to do this album here. Um, but with like, you know, with L played him some early demos and it was just like that. He was like, yo, what are you doing with this shit? Like, I want to put, I'm going to put this shit out on Jugs, mm. you know, like the earliest days sort of. Um, and that's, that's what it was. It was like, okay, cool. I'll record like one or two more joints. I remember for the freak show, 12 inch, um, Monty made the beat like the morning, the morning we were going to L's crib to record. <laughs> like I pulled up to Monty's crib and he was like, yo, I'm changing the beat. Like we're doing, we're doing another beat. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And I just kicked the same raps over this crazy ass beat that he had. So it was like, I mean, I think that, you know, that was kind of the mindset for, for a lot of guys. It was just like, yo, make your music and, um, and, and put it out where, wherever, where, wherever it's going to take you, you know, wherever it's kind of going to welcome you and, and do right by you, you know, it was just kind of a lot, a lot of vibe mm. <laughs> it was going off a of vibe. Um, and it's, mm -hmm. and for a guy like him, who's, you know, probably in the street running around when I heard him, it was like that he was, you know, he was on raucous and shit. And I'm mm -hmm. like, that's dope. That's like the North star, you know, that's like as close to a major label, if not a major label right. <laughs> that there is in this, in this game and in, in the scene that we're, you know, that we're all playing in right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know, Alaska, if you felt that way, but that's kind of how I felt. I was like, yo, this dude is doing it at a high level. I don't know if you saw, but like one of Doom's earliest shows, I think I think it's in the No Sleep book with the with, you know, all the all the flyers, like the old New York flyers <laughs> from the 90s. One of Doom's earliest shows at Tramps, he, it's him, Doom and Eminem. Woo! Doom and him wow. and Scaramanga opening up for Eminem at Tramps. So, Damn. you know, like he was in the mix. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I had a similar experience like with Jux. Like, when and I were just making a record, we were going to put it out ourselves. And, you know, we were trading tapes with Ace at the time. Like, you know, we would trade like demos with each other. And they were on tour and he played it. And I was like, oh, I like that. And had Amici reach out to us yep. to be like, let's work on something. So it was like the same sort of thing, like just recording a bunch of stuff and be like, here, what do you think? Yeah, but, but so real quick, but you, but you had Paul, right? You only work with Paul. Yeah. Like you weren't, were you ever like running around, you know, between like Cryptic or whoever, like getting that cash just because you were there and you wanted to be creative because you're always like the one producer, one rapper, dude. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've worked with like Cryptic and Adams. I did shit with like um, this dude Opto. Like I did stuff with a lot of different people. Um, this dude, um, I'm completely blanking on his name, but I did some shit with Vast and this dude. Um, I, can't, I don't know why I can't remember his name, but it was like a producer out of Brooklyn. But yeah, there was like a lot of like just doing shit to do it, but it wasn't like, it was always just like sort of scattershot. And so we started mm. until we started working with Paul. Right. Um, like that's when like, cause I, I was just like, fucking, I'm doing a solo record at the time. Cause Wynn was at college. Right. Um, and I was just like, I was tired of waiting on everybody else. I was like, I'm going to do a solo record. I'm going to do it with this dude. And Wynn came home and like heard two songs. and was like, I want to jump on him. And he jumped on him and it was like, you know, we're like, all right, we're doing hangar 18 now, you know, <laughs> like, so it just sort of like happened like that. Um, but I, I felt the same way, like about like a dude like, I thought he made it. He was doing shit with Brand Newbie and he was on Raucous. Mm -hmm. He was on Cool Keith's records. Like, you know, like, 
I people wonder, who didn't like rap knew who he was. Yeah, I True. wonder if he thought he made it at that time. You know, mm. that's an interesting question. Along with Brand New being like, he was always on that God body shit. Like, you know, right. that was, yeah. and those dudes were, that was the God squad right there. Like, that was, yeah. him, it might have been his, you know, North Star. Like, yo, I'm doing, and, and he sounds incredible on that. So he's blowing them dudes out the way. He's fucking flushing yes. them on that song. God wisdom cipher 720 built two circles It's no fabrication, chicks with bricks Catch the sensation, spectacular interaction My raps capture your fascination Still I maintain finesse, explain the text Train the best, troopers using telekinetic Prophetic maneuvers to gain blessing Pooper cementalics to die assemble The rock tight collaboration Born physical jewel form, fulfill a manifest Yes, Jehovah's night, give the devil stress Style sparkle remarkably Lift palatial, gems glacial Ladies stay in my facial labels Pay to keep me late Oh, and hold on, we're fucking up. He hosted disc two of Lyricist Lounge with Keith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole shit. He's he's talking at the end of songs. You know what I mean? Him and Keith telling jokes, having and it's like, you know, record live at Shea Stadium, which is hilarious. But like his name's on the cover of that fucking CD. You know what I mean? Like yeah. hosted by like De La's disc one, Sir Menelik, and Keith is disc two. Yeah, Damn, I wonder. Yeah. I don't think he was ever on the um, the lyricist lounge show, like when they had like Wordsworth and like Master Fool and those dudes. I don't think he was. No, but he. But, but so even that, he kind of missed like the lyricist lounge show, like, and that was kind of like the, the post like most deaf Monch, Quali mm-hmm. Black Star glow up run. So he kind of like didn't hit. He was there early with Raucus, but like you said, when you guys were looking at like Raucus, like oh shit, like you made it, like goddamn. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I just I'm just kind of fascinated and intrigued by like this idea of him kind of checking off all these boxes. And then it's like there's no album on Raucous. There's no you know, what I mean, like there's, there's a, the one you said on traffic that I looked at. That was like 2005 when Cyclops 4000 was unceremoniously. And that's like the worst time in fucking rap history to put out yeah. a Cyclops 4000 album. 2005 gross. But, you know, like if if he just had seven eyes in 98 i mean not on raucous you know what i mean it's like yeah. i think i think you guys are right too about the established thing about the cool keith in his mm-hmm. second run him having that freedom versus menelik like building that first run we're gonna say last sorry i also think there's the reality of the time like like you look at dudes like breezy brune walked away from the industry mm. jay treads walked away because it was like there's only so long you could like beat your head like that. Right. The thing that's interesting about Scaramanga is he's never come back around. Uh, right. Like Bruin came back around treads pops up now and again, like at events and stuff, you see him around. Scar- well, dis- like literally- Alaska, we, we, we messaged each other like a couple times and uh, he came back to shoot a video for Shala magnetic in like oh. 2010, 2011 and that's like 12 years after that shit came out. And then on YouTube, there's also like an interview on a rooftop, which it feels like it's like right around the same time frame. It's like mm. like that. And he's like talking about how, you know, Sun Large is going to make this return and like we're back. And, you know, and he has this video, obviously, and the video is actually kind of dope. I was like, damn, this is a dope idea. Um, but he says like, in the interview, like he he kind of all but says that he did a bid. He's like shouts to people, uh, okay. and you kind of get the sense like uh, okay, like 
you know, he he wasn't really just rapping that Scaramanga shit. Like mm-hmm. he was living it. He was living it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I, and I know this isn't an indication of that, but when when I met him, one of the things that stood out was like the big scar, yes. like across here. Oh, buck fifty. Like. It's one, yeah, it's, it's like one of those pictures that exists is that picture of his neck with the with that gash in his neck. Yeah, damn. Yeah, it, it's serious. It's like a big scar. Damn. Yeah. You know, you know what I always think is fascinating too about guys like him and like Raekwon and shit. It's like I, I think we probably said on our Raekwon episode where, and and even Camp Low, these guys. I, I mean, I'm sure if you have a scar like that, like. Your lifestyle isn't the greatest. I'll, I'll make that assumption. But for him to put words together and phrases and like these guys literally created that shit from nothing as they came from nothing. You know what I mean? Like there was no Internet or like Google and weird shit. Like they sat back and were like, whether it was from five percenters or doing a lot of drugs, I don't know. He's one of those people where the imagination is so wild and so ever flowing you're like how does this how does he keep doing this it's not like it's one song where he's just bugging the fuck out it's every song like it's and but it's like tight it's rhyming it's not like Andy Khan like trying to be avant-garde to be avant-garde it's still rooted in like a very new york sensibility but like mm-hmm. him ray camp low to me you know ghost it's, it's just like that's what always like stuck with me about him is that process you know what i mean I, I think that's like his probably his greatest skill because he's when you call yourself when you get name your fucking i remember like i said it probably on the show like when i remember seeing that cover like seven eyes seven horns scaramat and i was like what the fuck does that mean is this like devil shit like yeah. what you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, but it yeah. had like the jewels on it and shit i was like whoa yeah, he was he just contained multitudes, man. He the dude was like like seven I seven horns is like a biblical reference. Yeah. Right. You know, and like he had kind of like that kind of like the the wherewithal and like the the savvy to be like, yo, I I I'm creating, I'm building a world. Right. A world built and and the style, the style was brilliant, like you said, Zilla. Like it was just the dude is just like exploding with this shit. But what I thought was was super interesting is like, like you listen to him now and he still doesn't sound like anybody. Right. Like he still is like every obviously everybody's style is derivative to some degree, but like it's really hard to trace back like who influenced this this guy. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, right. That, it's like he just came up with this shit on his own. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Incredible. You know, it's like it's actually incredible when you listen to it. You're like, yo, this guy's imagination is next level. That's the best part of these fucking guys, man. Like that that age and that time of people all doing this shit. Like they there is not like, oh, they did it and then such and such carried on. Like no one's carried on the Raekwon shit. No one's carried on the Scaramanga shit or Camp Low. You know what I mean? Like Ghost put that down, but when Ghost was doing that, like we've talked about on the show a million times, no one was like, oh, Ghost created that. Now 15 people are going to do, you know, nutmeg. No one did that. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's when you know someone's one of the greats. That's why I say, like, I just yeah. put him, I put him up there with a guy like Ghost, just sheer mm. skill. You know, like maybe the songs aren't at the level, but the skill, 
you know, like, and he was doing shit like he'd be doing like these triplets, like New York City crew, crew all jiggy, who are with me, like, like one after another, after another. And like, to this day, I'm like, damn, like that. I, I don't even like who, who did that? Like, I don't even know if like, I just catch these different things that he, and he wasn't like, he was like a rapper that you couldn't like identify a bar. You couldn't be like, really like, oh, that's a bar. Mm. It's like some of its parts. I mean, there are certain like things that he would say that were dope, but like he didn't have like the craziest punchlines. It was just all in context. And like, you kind of had to really like listen to the whole verse to be like, yo, this shit, this, this is the magic. He's fucking. Yeah. He's <sighs> yeah, just cool. pure brilliance, man. Fucking forever. Um, so why don't we do this? Why don't we take, uh, take a quick break, our yeah. last break? Yeah, and then we'll come back and uh, yeah. wrap this shit up, man. This shit is tough. And uh, I'm, I'm maybe I'll drop in. Uh, what's my shit? What is it? Yeah, what's your favorite joint off of um, Seven Eyes? I'll drop this shit in right here. My favorite song off of Seven Eyes, Seven Horns. Oh man, let me see here, man. I my personal favorite is Mind I See Mind, produced oh. by. Sh- I fuck with my uh, this, this, this beat is. <laughs> and he, oh, show the show did this one. You said show B I T C. Is that what he says? Show biz, show biz, man. Oh, Check the Solomon Jews, swollen ice in the chopper, proper population, watching Gestapo, Eldorado opulence, Prince effect, like Lequilessa text, wet your vessel, press up your spot for jackpots, who want tell polishable or revivable, unsolvable, probably horrible, involving knowledgeable Yugoslavic brains behind revolvers, leave no object for crime solvers, haha, I be as obvious, cops got the block, fully blown, Pan Am, Omni, Point, Roman, Fort, Lord of Dale, we order ales, or bail, no tail, sail of Cuba, and scuba dive, the troopers live in Maneuver five, newbie your wives, fake niggas die over true lies. Teach divine, incline, mind, I see mine. G's line, these kind, release three times. Seize dimes, read each line, pretty fifty shines. Hit each time, read each time. Listeners, check it out, Zilla Rocker. Listen, as a shorty, I was playing in the front yard of the crib and I fell down and I bumped my head. And then somebody helped me up and asked me if I bumped my head and I said, yeah. So then they said, oh, so that means we're going we gonna to switch it up on her. And I said, yeah, a- Andrew. Andrew is the greatest. And knowing as a shorty, I was always told that if I ain't going to be part of the greatest, I got to align with the greatest myself. And that's Andrew. The Rain Knows What Is Doing album, available now. Cassettes are sold out, but we got CDs, beanies, dad hats, mugs. It's cracking. $3pistol.com for fans of Beck, Evidence, Buck 65, Daps Home Records. If you're with it, spread love. If people want the wild shit, we're gonna give you some more. Andrew, the rain knows what it's doing. Available now. What up, y'all's panels, man? East Hampton Polar Boys. When the catalog out now, man. We got CDs, merch, all that. Insubordinaterecords.com, man. Make sure you don't sleep on it, because before you know it, it's gonna be all gone. So make sure you head over there, stream it, do all that. Long live Lord Jones, man. Win the catalog, album of the year. You know what it is. Peace. 
Hey yo, she caught me fly woo garments from overseas. Belogonese with extra palm drown routine. Fresh panini, ground filled, chopped garlic and knowledge. Get demolished, fly air of goddess, never modest. Perfect sonics fill my palace. Wires missing, acoustics hitting, needle bless the vinyl. Been the champion, just give me the title. Has this ever happened to you? You go to drink a hot drink, but it's too hot and it burns your mouth. Ah, oh, goddammit. So you cool it down with an ice cube, but the ice cube is haunted. Now you hear the voice of the governess echoing through your head, even though she's been dead for hundreds of years. Now you're at work. Your boss is talking to you, but all you can hear is, I know who killed me. I know who killed me. You've got to help the governess. But you won't be able to. Not while your boss is talking. Not while he's alive. Now you're on the run. It'll be nightfall soon, and you only have an hour left of kerosene in your flashlight. Why did you buy a flashlight that runs on kerosene? You hear the sirens in the distance. It won't be long now. Luckily, there's a solution. Call me when you're outside. The new album by Steel Tip Dove is available now on Backwood Studios Records. Limited run of vinyl and CD is available on BackwoodStudios.com. Digital album available on all digital streaming sites. Is it more Indian yak balls? <laughs> I, yo, I, I remember like seeing your 12-inch somewhere for the first time. Okay. And I was like, wow, like the word balls like that big. I was like, this is ill. Like it's like yak balls. It was crazy. Like it never, it never was like, it was so insult. Like actually Angelo, uh, Angelo Bacche came up with the, with the balls part, <laughs> like him and Bob, like, well, actually it came up with the yak and then Bob came up with the balls, but it was like such a, it was like a joke, you know, like turned right. like this thing that like, obviously it got, was much bigger than just a joke at in Bobito's footwork. But, um, you know, and then, and then Bob put the 12 inch out or before that he was like, yo, this, it, should, it has to be yak balls on Fondle record. Yes. Um, but I, I like hearing him saying that he, he'd be like, yo, my man, yak balls, like balls. Like he would say it like that. <laughs> it has shit like, cause, cause I used to work there and he used to be like leaving me messages on the answering machine. And like he was just that uh, he would say yak balls and it became, <laughs> it became a thing like amongst the people that work there and shit like you know like it was just just funny but back at it like it was so like you know it was just the scene like so insular so like it'd be like the like the old punk rock scene like circle jerks or something like who's coming out mm-hmm. like dude that. but like your name is like a as like a present odd future name like that's like one of their homies now you know what I mean like Todd Balls or some shit like that would be one of the names if we all do Tyler album Yo, my man Todd Balls went through. <laughs> like, That's so funny. I, I still think it's wild that you worked at um at fucking Footwork. Yeah, man. That's kind of how like it got so wild. That was like that was like kind of the the place where all like the graffiti writers and yeah, just the just the heads came through. Just you know, that was kind of where you there was no internet, so that's where like the like minds went to go meet you know somebody that might be into the same thing yeah and that was cool i met a lot of do a lot of people that i still know to this day from that just from working at footwork you know that's wild coming through yo um that's wild man i I, I also still remember i don't know if you remember this but um we did a show up in new paltz and i think you rocked it as well 
I forgot where it was, but I remember like we left. I was like, oh shit, that's yak balls. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I, I didn't know he goes here now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We and that was like one of the things that we kind of bonded on is that we both went yeah. to, both graduated from the same school, the same college. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That's funny. Yo. I think I think all of this conversation has been leading us to one place. Um was Scaramanga too late or too early mm. for his arrival? Like, you know, did did he come before the the perfect time for him or after the perfect time for him? Okay. I, I have two I have two theories on do it. Do it. Okay, uh, go. So to me, it's kind of both early mm-hmm. and but in different time frames, I would say in the grand scheme, he was too early. Um, mm-hmm. He was just way ahead of his time. Like the, to me, the type of music he made as Scaramanga, like I said before, I think if that came out right now, like with the resurgence of like the gritty hip hop, like yep. Marcy and Jay Electronica and, you know, like just what, what, kind of like the subculture is is happening right now like he very possibly could have a career but i think he caught a raw deal um being on raucous Hmm. uh you know like we talked about him them not maybe not knowing what to do with him and um and and then like with scaramanga i think scaramanga was too late um it just felt like Again, if that was the thing that was scalable to a record label or, or that felt like it was something that was more marketable, it didn't happen until kind of the end of his run. And probably with, with limited resources and never had a video talked about like, yo, he had a video 12 years later, like there was no budget. It was probably all shoestring, you know, like him putting it together with his man's even kind of sounded like it wasn't like mixed and mastered that well, mm-hmm. um, which I think was kind of like also like a setback. Um, but I think if it came out uh, a little earlier again, like maybe that was the thing that would, that, that raucous could have did something with. And if they had a budget to do, you know, like some videos or some marketing um, it would, you know, and sonically it had like the right treatment. It, it may have kind of had that effect that, that Zilla was talking about with like, you know, like kind of the woo stuff and all, all of like the guys that kind of came out of woo, like um, Sons of Man and, you know, kind of all that shit that just ended up being a thing outside of like the the nucleus. He could have been a guy like that um, to have a real album out because a lot of dudes didn't even have albums out at that time, like mm-hmm. especially on the indie level. And he pulled it off, um, but barely. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think like, like when you zoom into like his specific arc, um, I think it might have just been like the Scaramanga shit might have been too late. But as the artist, you know, like maybe as an artist, he might have been too early, and might may have a career right now if all that shit kind of came out now. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that assessment quite a bit, um, honestly. Like, because I, I I mentioned earlier, like, I always think of him, like, with that Queensbridge sound. Like, the yes. Queens rappers. Like, if he could have very well been, like, um, God, well, I'm blanking on his name right now. I, I said Medallion's. Um, Royal Flush. Royal Flush. He could have been, he could have been just as easily. I mean, Royal Flush didn't go on to have a great career either. Yeah, but, yeah, but that, you know, he could have that album's crazy, bro. That album's Get amazing. He could have, oh he, my god, 
And, and I think that's a big part of it too, right? He pressed this album out on his own. Right. So there's like, it's gone. If you don't know it, it's gone. Like right. you can still find like old organized confusion records everywhere. Right. Yep. Right. It's easy enough to find. And Farrell went on to have a career. So it's like, oh, if you know Farrell, you might find that. Um, if you're, you know, you know, Nori, Drink Champs, you could find the, the Royal Flush record. Right. Um, that's still all available on streaming. So it's like, it's possible to find that. But, you know, I could have seen him like having a sustainable career there for a couple of years in that world, like something a little more, more pronounced. Mm. Um, but I, I tend to think that the way he was making music, the, the multiple personalities, how, how much easier it is to actually record, mix mm. and get stuff done um, compared to how it was back then. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the launching of Bandcamp, small labels doing stuff themselves, you know, the, the sort of metrics that are needed to be considered a success now, how mm-hmm. different that all is. Like, I think he would be like, I, I could see him in like a position like Mahami, to be honest with you, or like Ooh. a Billy Woods and those dudes easily. Yes. Easily. Absolutely. Even if he took the music that's out right now and just re-released it like new music. I think he was too, I think he was too early in terms of like music fans and that's why I kept asking earlier if it was if it may have been smart to like kind of fragment his styles. Cause you guys remember, like as soon as iPods came out, and you could be like, what I can listen to like Coldplay and then like run DMC like in like two clicks on my thumb. Like that's crazy. And it so remember, like, you know, as iPods went on, it became more about like a song or like and now ultimately playlist. But I feel like when iPods first hit, he would have been like a dope he would have been dope to start dropping after the iPods caught on. Cause you could have all of these styles and sounds versus like the album and the build up to the album and the album needed to check off all these boxes from the label and for himself. And so now, you know, fast forward 20 years. And like you said, mock can do this type of shit when everyone God Fahim puts out probably fucking 12 albums a year. You know what I mean? Like your old Droog puts out a lot of fucking music and I don't even listen to most of this shit, but they hit their audience. They yep. keep feeding them. Crime Apple puts out like five song joints, eight song joints. Um, He could, I mean, I would be checking fucking four Scaramanga records a year. Like, why wouldn't I? Easy. <laughs> like, you know, even if they were all eight songs, like, I don't give a fuck. I mean, there's going to be cool shit in there. So I think now, Everything is so wide open, and I think he could. Um, I would do a repress of you know all these albums we're talking about, and do like a deluxe edition, whatever, and then start cranking the fucking wheel because he probably has shit like you're saying, yeah, from like running around that just never came out, or he meant to do it and maybe got locked up, or some label had it sitting in a closet with a chain for ten years, and he's like, fuck it, I'll just do it myself. So I feel like there's a lot of stuff potentially sitting there. You know, because I feel like you, you can't rap like that and be like, yep, I'm out of ideas. Got nothing. No. <laughs> yeah, we're out of ideas. Just can't think of anything. Just dried up. I, I got shit. You know what I mean? It's it's funny. I look a lot on like discogs and stuff to like buy his vinyl. Mm-hmm. And it's not that expensive, but mm-hmm. it's like I just can't pull my like bring myself to pull the trigger for some reason. Mm-hmm. But if he was selling his vinyl himself. Oh yeah, I don't think I'd have any problem pulling the trigger. Like just knowing, like, all right, the money's going to him. Like it's coming from Scaramanga, but it's just you know coming from some dude that like owns mm-hmm. fucking the record. I don't know. It, it's just you know, and I don't even have a record player. Like that's the thing. Like I buy vinyl and I put it on my shelf in my office. Yeah. 
So the kids think I'm cool at school and they're like, what the fuck's scaring me? Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's like, I, I, I think he would, he would do great. Like, I think oh, you look shit. at L, I mean, L obviously has a bigger audience, but re-releasing his shit right now, like, hey. it's be huge, right? Release it today. And then, uh, you know, I think there are enough people that are just Scaramanga fans that it would do all right. You know, like, it's never been easier to connect with, with people that like your music that are into you. Um, and, you know, so many artists, like when you talk with artists, that like came out of this world, they all know Scaramanga and love Scaramanga. And and like to media. A, media. Like I work yeah. in media, right? Like that's you know what I what I do. And so many of the like the the writers and mm-hmm. editors at these publications, they they they're into underground hip hop or they're still into it, you know, and they're aware yeah. and they're aware of of guys like him and you know, and I feel like he'd even probably get press. Like yeah. put it put it to you this way. If he came out right now, I would get him press. Like I would, mm-hmm. I would, I would do it myself. Cause That's like, you hear that Scaramanga? It's a salvo. You got the hookup. You got the hookup Scaramanga. Listen, all my, all my homies that, that ended up working in the highest rungs of the major labels and all that shit. They know who the motherfuck this guy is too. Like they would play him in rooms for people you wouldn't even imagine. They would play this shit for them, being like, yo, you don't know about no fucking Scaramanga. You know what I mean? They would bang this or like, oh, the Sir Man, like, you don't know no Cyclops 4000. Like, because other people, the higher up they go, they get more and more detached from this type of shit, you know? And it's like, they want to still get that fucking charge. Like, whoa, like, I never heard anybody do this type of shit. You know what I mean? And he still has those styles that no one's ever done. Yeah, no one. No Nobody. One. Never. It still amazes me, man. Like, like, I was just like, you know, I was listening to this shit, like, you know, kind of critically now that I'm older and, and, you know, obviously, not obviously, but maybe I'm a better writer now than I was. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, this guy's, this guy, this guy's like a boxer, like a Southpaw boxer, like Oof. mad unorthodox with it. Like, he might just come in on the uppercut. Like, mm-hmm. he's not jabbing first, you know, he might, he's doing like uppercut, jab, 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 like left cross, uppercut. He's just hitting you with like all these different combinations, but like he's it's it never it's never like what you'd expect. And that's that to me is the best part. Like it, it's like, damn, like how do you go? How do you like we're, we're used to rapping? We're all rappers. We all we used to rapping in twos mm-hmm. he's, or fours or eights or sixteens. Like he's not he's like this dude is coloring outside the lines. Like, you know, he's not yeah. any of that shit. And, you know, maybe maybe that also could have hurt him, too, because he's kind of like not really structuring shit. I mean, I guess there was there was a lot of that, but, you know, he was free and that there's beauty in that, like just being free with your raps. It's almost like when I was younger, I would I would rap. I didn't rap in bars when I when I first started. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but it was just no, I didn't even know what a bar was when I first started. Yeah, and I I think that that that's kind of how he always did it. That's know. how Prem Rock does it today. Prem Rock doesn't cut no motherfucking bars, and he's selling out of wax. Shouts the backwards. There it is. Shit. Yeah. Every listen. Every every time you hear Prem Rock rap today on anybody's albums, his his own shit. Don't even bother counting. Don't not with your thumb, your finger, 
looking at the clock like most most 16 bars typically like 40 seconds 40 plus seconds nope this mother it, it will never be a 16 like he's kept that going so I'll ask Prem if, if he uh if he's a dead to fucking serve metal like with that shit, but it's like Capadonna. It's like some Capadonna shit, right? Like yeah. But God, damn, we gotta get Cap on the show too. He's got an album coming out. I want to check what uh Stu Bang is. Is it the one with that crazy cover with the with the lions in the end? Like nah, <laughs> dog. <that's>, Photoshop. <laughs> that's that shit. Nah, man. That was called like Black Tarzan or some shit, yo. I'm I'm probably the only God. person that's listened to like more than four Kappa albums. I've I've checked them. Shit, you might be the only person that's listened to more than two Kappa albums. <laughs> he ha- he has this one joint. It's called um, it's from like 2010, and there's like four absolutely insane great songs on them, and then the rest is just kind of a complete mess. Uh, what's the name of this album? I gotta find it. Oh, Pilgrimage, the Pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. Yo, the Pilgrimage album. <laughs> Pilgrimage. <laughs> Wow. He has one song uh, called I Can't Believe It's Him, where the chorus goes, Ain't that Cappadonna from the Wu Tang clan? Can't believe it's him. Can't believe it's him. Ain't that Cappadonna <laughs> from the Wu Tang clan? And, uh, and the whole song is about him just like just like being mad cool and fly. And then he has another song here called like uh, it's called um uh Cuban Link Kings, where he just tells a story about like walking at a bar and like old dirty's there, like Bob Deep's there, like he's just hanging because he's just friends with everybody. He's just talking about like kicking it with every fucking rapper. You're like, did that probably happen? Like you're fucking yeah. coolest, dude. <laughs> yeah, the pilgrimage. I got I got nine so it's probably 30 songs that I kept nine on the playlist. So it's 30 worth 30 songs. My God. I'm just guessing. He puts out a lot of fucking yeah. songs because no, he does. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, that's a good. He has another song called Dart Imports. I fuck with that one. It's it's got some good shit, man. The Pilgrimage. So I, I give it a solid three and a half mics. Okay. <laughs> wow. All but right. If, when, but when you play Can't Believe It's Him, you're like, this sounds like the shit Ghostface could still be doing and just stop doing. Mm. It's like one of them joints. It's like, but there, there's a one. He in one part he goes like he's like he's talking to women and shit. He says something like he's like. I see the fly females, and that's word bod. Hear the fly tape, so they gotta put me on. Can't believe it's him. Can't believe it's him. You're like, oh shit, like I love this man. And then the rest of the album is not like that either, but you know, he's another one. He's just running around doing shit. Kappa just like shows up some guy's house, does songs, takes it, goes here, goes there. So that's why I'm, I'm curious to hear the stew bang his joint, you know. He's got so many records. Jesus. Yo, he had like the one song where he just popped up on like one of those mugs albums in the last year or two. You know what I mean? And I was like, just work with mugs. Like, that would be kind of fucking cool. A whole shit project with mugs would be crazy. Yeah, like that would just yeah. be fun. Just, you know, just lock in with one. He just needs like someone to be like, I love you, bro. But like, let's kind of just contain this shit. Like, let's put the, this on just this thing. Yeah, the song's called Olympic Stamps. Mugs and Capitol. Olympic stamps. What a fucking G. I love him. Uh all right. So you want to wrap everything so, up, Alaska? You um you want to promote anything? You want to talk some shit real quick? What do you got? What do you got? Uh I mean, I've been listening to these. I've got some early mixes for the the project I'm doing with Ray West. Ray Ray. And uh, I'm pretty happy with those. So I'm pretty stoked like in where that project's going. So nice. I don't know when it's coming out, but um it's nice to like revisit a project that you listened to so much that you got sick of it. That's a good and one. And then like be like, oh, okay, no, this is actually good. I like it. Um, so 
That's been pretty dope. Um, so, but other than that, no, nothing really going on. Yeah, me, me and Just, Ray's uh, album is done. I, I haven't. It has been mixed. I don't know what the fuck's going on with it. Shouts to shouts to him making progress. At least somebody on this pod. I love you, Ray. I think I think he's got a cool Keith album on deck. I think that's oh wow slowing everything up. And then he's got another one called uh Macaroni Ray, where it's got like every <laughs> fucking dope ass rapper on it. So that's dope. Yeah, I know me and Def C made that album. Um, but I think it's more of like a producer compilation. And then he's got your shit. I think he's doing some shit with Def C now too. That's good. What's up with the new cargo cult shit? Oh, we're working on it. We're, we're getting um there. yeah we got three songs de- uh he's demoed out maybe laid out um and then i got another four completely written and then mm-hmm. um there's a new one that uh, um about a verse and a half into right now um that's that that's seven. pretty fun it's it's the one that has the uh ordell roby uh ordell roby le- reference in it from uh, jackie brown yeah from so jackie we're, brown, we're getting there I'm pretty stoked on we're getting there. It should, it should, it'll yeah. be out by the end of the year. So that's yeah, cool. definitely. Um, the Andrew record is again. We sold out of tapes. I got some CDs still, which is dope. Um, we got like seven or eight dad hats left, and then the beanies. Try to move some more beanies while it's still a little chill. Yeah, my wife designed them. They're fucking blue and green tie dye joints. And then, uh, man, that's it. The Andrew shit is on streaming and uh, promoting that shit on TikTok and Instagram, which is fun as an adult to do and and that uh you know me me and small pro career crooks from november i still got a couple cds left of that because band camp day's coming up so by the time this airs band camp day will have occurred and i just put up a beat tape for band camp day all sales go directly to castro it's called my secret identity beat tape what all beats made on two days from my son's ipad over the super bowl doing like app you use it was called it was some stupid ass shit called like Beatmaker Pro or something. It was like eight dollars a week, and it had like all like these built-in like stupid like like Drake sounds and like trap sounds. And I was like sitting there banging away. I'm like, this is a breeze. I made eighteen beats. I'm like, all right, fuck it. So I'm just gonna sell them and give the money to Castro. <laughs> so that's that's the plan. So that's uh so Andrew did the artwork for that. Um, that's on my Bandcamp now. Whenever you hear this, so if you buy it after Bandcamp Day, I'm not gonna make shit because that's how Bandcamp gets down with the digis. You know how that is, but uh. Hopefully yep. people fucking rocking with us once again. Now that now that they've been acquired by uh whoever the whoever this company is, I don't care. Um uh like I, I've been telling people all day, I'm I'm just LeBron with these platforms. I'm only loyal to the roster. I don't I'm not loyal to any fucking platform. If it starts getting corny, I'm out. I'm I'll find the next one. Yeah. I'm not concerned if Bandcamp starts sucking in four months or two years. I'll move on and do something different. So it's got bought, right? Then yeah, yeah, by, yeah. Uh, by video game gaming. Company. Fortnite. Yeah, what was it? They do Fortnite, Fortnite Red Dead Redemption, Star Wars. They do mega shit. Grand, Grand Theft Auto Five or something. Oh wait, so it's Rockstar Games bought it? Nah, it's called like Epic Games, I think, or something like that. I don't know. Oh, okay, because Grand Theft and all those are, are Rockstar. Oh, because I I looked at their their press release and it had li- like listed all these big games, but maybe huh. I maybe it was like they're in competition with them. I don't know, but maybe whatever. Yeah. If Bandcamp is turns whacked, then fuck them. We'll go somewhere else. Like. Take- Take your talent somewhere else. Yeah, like whatever. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm LeBron. Like LeBron kind of sold you about the Lakers. Now he's he looks at that roster. He's like, yeah, I'm going back to Cleveland, bro. Fuck this shit. Like I'm in the same way. Like I'm supposed to be loyal. Nah, man. Loyal to that paper. So that's about it. Yak, what's up with you? What do you got? 
not promoting anything, man. <laughs> good, good, good. That's 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 a very good, solid. Uh, if you'd like to promote your socials and people can holler at you. Sure. I'm on Twitter as Yak Balls, um, Instagram, Rude New York, R-O-O-D, New York. Um, Rude was just like a, I mean, in, in the, you know, in the same vein as Scaramanga and Doom is was another kind of alter ego. I put out a mixtape as Rude like four years ago. Nice. The last thing on streaming services. Um, but yeah, so Rude New York on Instagram. I like that. Fucking cool. Um, so shouts. Oh, and shouts to everybody rocking with us on Patreon too. The Patreon numbers have been doing fucking great. Um, and that's about it. I just want to throw it out there for everybody. So, oh, and we've been hitting with people with the Patreon exclusive. So maybe some of these, some of the things Jack's been saying to us, I might chop it up, put it on. Patreon. There you go. Thank you. Talk to him. Talk to him.